0: Welcome to the Leadership Lunch Break podcast with Joy Jackson of Speaking of Joy. Let's tune in for today's discussion. Hello, hello. Welcome to the first episode of the Leadership Lunch Break. I am Joy Jackson. I am the CEO and founder of Speaking of Joy, and I am so excited that you have joined me. For this Leadership Lunch Break podcast, let me tell you a little bit about how this whole thing got started. So, uh, speaking of Joy, is a company that I created that is designed to promote health in leadership, health in development. Um, transformational change. There's so many people out here in the world who are finding themselves in transition and not necessarily um, from a bad place to a bad place, but really just in a place of identifying more for yourself. And so speaking of joy is that more. Um, I've got twenty years experience in training and development, learning and development, however you choose to use the buzzwords. And in that time, I've created so much content. And I've had the opportunity to sit in so many rooms where I've identified the need for people to have true strategies and resources to make themselves better. So the Leadership Lunch Break was birthed out of that idea um, for leaders. So in my former role, I was a Chief Strategy Officer. And sitting in a boardroom with leaders, you find that there are quite a few leaders who still haven't been developed in the way that not necessarily their skills say they need to be developed, but more are not developed in a way that works for them. So a lot of leaders, if you're like me, you find yourself in a situation where you want it to be the best leader you could be every day and show up and give your best self. And sometimes that's kind of difficult. So Leadership Lunch Break was designed to provide you leadership tools and resources to be the leader that you desire to be. Now, let me tell you um, really quickly, the Leadership Lunch Break is not your traditional leadership conversation. And the reason I say that is because I believe that leaders are so much more than a position or a title. So the Leadership Lunch Break podcast is designed to show you leadership from all facets. So in this podcast, we will talk about so many things. We'll talk about balance. We'll talk about sacrifice. We'll talk about emotional health. We'll talk about giving back to the community. It's not going to just be a whole lot of conversation about leadership tools and tips, because let's be honest. There are a ton of leadership resources that already exist in the world. So there is no reason for us to reinvent the wheel or give you yet another strategy for being a better leader. There are books and books and books and studies on that. So this is practical resources, practical applications that you can implement really almost instantly that will help transform your leadership. So I also wanna say, Leadership for me is not about position or title. Every time you hear me, you're going to hear me say that. And the reason I say that is because leadership is really about influence and responsibility. I know people will say position, people will say title, people will say I am the this of this company or the that of this company. But at the essence of leadership, it's really about your influence and your responsibility. In other words, if you have the power to influence change or influence a group of people, I call you a leader. If you are responsible for people or responsible for a process or project, I call you a leader. So the reason I do that is because that means that every one of us is a leader. Each of us has leadership responsibilities within us. And if all of us, took the mindset that we were all leaders, think about how we could change our environment. And not just in our workplace, but in our homes, in our churches, in our communities, if we truly took the mindset that I am a leader, I have influence and responsibility, no matter how big or how small. And if I use that influence and responsibility to impact change, we could truly change our organizations, our systems, our families, our communities, and all the places that we go. So leadership for me, and in this Leadership Lunch Break podcast, that's what we're going to talk about. Came up with the Leadership Lunch Break as a title because if you're like me uh, when you were working or are working or at home, whatever you're doing during lunch, you're always trying to multitask. So you're not just being a leader and sitting in a meeting or taking a full lunch break. You, if you were like me, or still are like me, you are doing something even while you are working or while you are leading or while you are managing or developing. So the Leadership Lunch Break was designed to be a lunch idea where we would sit down and have leadership conversations over lunch. Now, let me tell you what I quickly realized, and if you wanna see some of these, you can go to the Speaking of Joy YouTube channel. But what I realized was that I am not on the Food Network. In other words, I was really preparing lunch in my kitchen while I was sharing leadership principles. And quickly, after almost losing a few fingers, I realized that it's easier for me to just sit and talk rather than trying to make a lunch. So I've tried to make a salad in the leadership lunch break. I tried to do a fruit salad. Even that was hard because I didn't have the ability to pause and say, wait, and bring out the finished product while I continue to talk. So friends, this is how you've gotten the Leadership Lunch Break podcast. So I hope that it's something that you look forward to and that you enjoy as we talk about leadership principles and leadership ideas. So today, we're going to jump right into what's leadership and I'll be honest, we all have got definitions of leadership. We can define leadership in so many different ways, but when we really look at leadership in its totality, it's really about vision and responsibility and not power. right? It is about leadership setting out to make a difference, not about goals. It's about being a servant of others. That's the way I define leadership. And I also say leadership is really about a person. It's not about a position. It's not about power. It's about a person. And so when you take on the idea that leadership is about a person, you will identify that you are a leader and then even the people that you work with are leaders. So let me tell you, I'm going to share so many stories with you in this because I am super passionate about equipping leaders with the tools that you need to be the leader you want to be. So I'm going to ask you right now, what type of leader are you? Think about it. What type of leader are you right now and what type of leader do you want to be? One of the things that I thought is a really big challenge with leaders uh, in the traditional organizational sense is many leaders have climbed the corporate ladder and Achieve the status of the title that they've always wanted. But not a lot of leaders in those roles have actually been trained to be leaders. They were promoted operationally because of a skill set or because of um, a knowledge or because of an education, but not truly promoted to actually serve the organization or the people. So, what type of leader are you? And what type of leader do you want to be? And you get to choose that. You get to choose the leader that you become. And it's never too late to be the leader you want to be. And and that's what the Leadership Lunch Break podcast is all about, is saying to you, here is how we become the leaders that we've always wanted to be. And I will tell you that in order to be a dynamic leader, I believe that you have to leave a legacy. That's right. I am a firm believer that leadership equals legacy. Leadership is not about being the greatest person you've, you are while you're in the organization or in the circumstance or situation. Leadership is more about what happens when you are no longer there. And so Maya Angelou, Dr. Maya Angelou said, if you're going to live, leave a legacy, make a mark on the world that can't be erased." I love that quote, but I changed it just a little bit and said, if you're going to lead, leave a legacy. Make a mark on the world, and that's your community, that can't be erased. So if you're going to be a leader, you've got to leave a legacy. Because an idea won't last forever, but what you do will, what you create, will. And we want to be the leaders that pass on so much knowledge and opportunities and wisdom and information, not just a process, even though a process can live forever as well. You want to be, I want to be the type of leader where we really are impacting change within the areas that we influence. And so I say, as a leader, we should leave a legacy. Now, let me tell you, Right now, I want to give you something that is an acronym for legacy. I'm a type of person that as you follow the Leadership Lunch Break podcast, you will see that I truly believe in giving you tools and resources that you can use almost instantly. So I'm going to give you um, a model that I created, and it's the Leadership Legacy model. And it's just the word legacy. And each letter in legacy means something. So the L in legacy means lessons. The E in legacy means experience. The G in legacy means goals. The A in legacy means abilities. The C in legacy means character. And the Y means yield. So lessons, experiences, goals, abilities, character, and yield. That is the legacy of a leader. So let's talk about it. First, right in the first letter is the word lessons. And I have to be honest with you, a leader is more than a boss or a manager or a parent or a clergy or a counselor or a coach. A leader at the root of everything is an instructor. The best leaders are teachers. And I don't necessarily mean teaching as a profession. I truly mean you as a leader take on the responsibility to educate the people who work with you, to educate the staff, to educate your children, to educate those, remember that you have influence or responsibility for. So as a leader, you facilitate learning. One of the things that I challenge my my leaders to do, especially those that I coach, is to get out of the mindset of being a a traditional manager or um, a lecturer or a guide in the traditional sense. I say facilitate, because when you facilitate, you allow things to transfer back and forth. You allow yourself and others to participate in the learning process. That's what a facilitator is. A facilitator is almost like a conduit, somebody who allows information to flow freely through them and then in turn it also receives knowledge. So that's what a true leader is. It's not about who you are, it's about the lessons that you teach. So True leaders believe in sharing knowledge, skills, experiences, and lessons. And so when I ask you what lessons they, a person learned from you, that's my question, what have you taught them about not just the skill, but about how to interact with each other, how to resolve conflict, how to maintain relationships, how to be a healthy employee, or if it's a child, how to be a healthy child. So the lessons that people learn will be what they remember about you. I'm a mother of seven-year-old twins. And let me tell you, I am every day trying to teach them lessons. So I look at motherhood as leadership. Which makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm leading. I have influence and responsibility over my daughters. So I call myself a leader. But it's my responsibility to teach them and to train them and to give them lessons. So sometimes I could easily say as a, as a mother, hey, do this because I said so. And <laughs> let's be honest, a lot of us were raised that way. But if I really want them to understand how things occur and I want them to be participative in the learning, then I talk to them and I share with them the ideas and the thoughts behind what I'm doing. Now, of course, it's a little different if I'm in the workplace, because there are times as managers and leaders where we have to say, this is the way we're going to go. But there are also times when we can take the moment to say, "Hey." I want to share this with you. So when I look at information as sharing and not as just passing it down in a one way direction, then people can learn lessons. The other thing about lessons are there are times that I have to teach and then there are times I have to be the student. And by being the student, I mean, as a leader, I don't know everything as a mom, I don't know everything. As a manager, I didn't know everything. As a chief strategy officer, I didn't know everything. So there are times that the biggest lesson that I can teach is to learn. In other words, I can be taught as well. So what kind of lessons are you teaching? It should be lessons that equip and empower people to be successful, but it all should also be lessons that say, I can learn from you as well, and I'm going to empower you to be the teacher Because when I empower others to be the teacher, really, I can see the lessons that I've taught them. So, for example, if I am a teaching leader and I believe in teaching lessons, I will know the lessons that I've taught because those who are learning from me will have an opportunity to demonstrate those lessons. Think about it like this, something very simple. You teach people how to tie their shoes. And how do you know that they learn to tie their shoes? Because they tie them. Imagine if you took that same principle into your workplace and you've taught your staff, you've taught your team some valuable lessons in how to do the work that you require or you ask of them. Isn't it rewarding to see that they now can do the work? Isn't it rewarding to see that now they understand what you've been asking of them and now they're capable of doing it? Because one of the things you have to do in teaching a lesson is you also have to put people in an environment where they can demonstrate that they've learned the lesson. Dare dare I say it? It's a test. Now, I'm not saying put people in a position where they will fail, but if you want to see how good you are as a teaching leader, put people in positions where they actually have to demonstrate the lessons, and they'll show you what they've learned, and that gives you the opportunity to correct if necessary or to applaud when they're successful. And then those lessons that they've learned are lessons that they can take no matter where they go in future situations. That's right. If a person is a leader and they are able to transfer their knowledge in a way that helps other people, that leader then is able to step back and watch the students take over the class. And so I ask you, what lessons have you taught? Have you taught lessons of patience, of conflict resolution, of promotion and encouragement? Have you taught lessons of Discord. Have you taught lessons of unhappiness? Like you get to choose the lessons that you teach. And if you ever want to know what it is you're pouring into your staff, your team or your children or the community, look at the lessons that come back. Because at that moment, you will truly be able to see what lessons you have taught. And I'll, I'll caution you because you have to find teachable moments. And so many times as leaders, we wait to teach at the time that there's a review coming up. That's when we want to sit down and say, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You should have done this. You should have done that. When in actuality, lessons are being taught in any area, in how you send an email, in how you communicate face to face, in your nonverbal communication. So lessons are being taught even when the teacher's not teaching. Isn't that powerful? You are teaching lessons even when you're not intending to teach. So you've always got to be mindful that there are people who are watching you, especially when you call yourself a leader and they are watching you. And some of them will emulate what they see. So you've got to be mindful that you're always teaching a lesson. And you want to be able to teach in such a way that the lessons that are learned are easily applied in other situations. So it shouldn't be that when you're watching or observing that that's the only time that the person is applying the lesson. Let me tell you, my mom was an educator for 37 years. And one of the things that principals or administrators always did was they did um, an observation when they came in the classroom and they taught and they observed the teaching. So many times um, they knew when it was coming, they knew it was observation week or evaluation week. So they were probably some of the best teachers during that time. And the students were participative, hands were raised, all of the lessons were being learned. But if after that administrator walked out of that room, the classroom back to, went back to status quo, that's not a good lesson for the students. Or you may get the high marks because you've done the work, but have you left a lasting impression? Lessons and legacy are truly about leaving a lasting impression. So I always ask my leaders, what lessons are you truly, truly, truly leaving? And then the E is experiences. This is probably my favorite one because it's what experiences did they share with you? And I like this one because this is a personal journey of mine that I, as a a manager and as a leader, wanted to ensure that I did, but also as a mother and a wife, experiences are how people see life. It's what they use to measure life. It's what they use to determine how they will proceed. So experiences are really about exposure and opportunity. So as leaders, are we truly giving the people we have influence and responsibility over experiences? Or are we telling them what to do and expecting them to be robots? So the only experience they will ever share is the experience we give them. Or are we saying together we want to share in an experience? I'll I'll tell you, um, growing up, I'm an only child. And my mom uh, used to always say to me, this is your first time being a child. And this is my first time being a mother. That's powerful, isn't it? I'll tell you why that resonated with me. Not not when I was younger, because I didn't understand it, but as I've become a mother, I realized how powerful that was. What it allowed me to be comfortable in is that my mother and I are walking through this process together because she's never been a mother and I've never been a child. That's a shared experience. Now, different vantage points same experience meaning we are learning what it's like to work together as mother and daughter so we may have different vantage points and views because she was viewing as a mother I was viewing as a child but it allowed me to understand that hey mistakes may be made and it's okay because we're figuring it out together it allowed me to trust her more Because, hey, she's new to this and so am I. So together we will figure out what works for us. Look how amazing that would be as leaders if we acknowledge that, hey, there are some experiences that we're going to have together that we will figure out as a team. So, yeah, there are some situations where as leaders, I'm going to tell you what needs to be done. We're going to do it. But there are other situations where together as a team, we will make a decision. For example, when I worked with my team, we would decide things we wanted to do together. So if there was a project and I would bring it to the group and say, hey, here's a project in front of us, how do we wanna navigate to this? So I wouldn't necessarily give a deadline that says, this project has to be done by this date. I would say, hey, here's the date that we need to strive for and allow the team to create some milestones along the way. Because they were able to do that, they took ownership. In the experience and they felt accomplished when they arrived at the goals that they set for themselves. So my experiences were really about empowering my team to have the trust that they needed to do the work they needed to do. And I will tell you two things that come out of sharing experiences with your team or the people that you have influence over is trust and confidence. When you share experiences and when you are honest and transparent as a leader about your hiccups, your mistakes, your shortcomings, and even your successes, you create a situation and an environment where now your team can feel like, okay, if Joy had to climb this ladder and made these mistakes, I can make them too. But so many times as leaders, we get to a point where we feel like we've arrived and we only share the experiences that um, b- help people, but don't share the experiences that sometimes show our wounds. And people want to know that as leaders, we're human. So if I've made a mistake, I share that because that's where the trust comes. And I, and dare I say, vulnerability is something that a lot of leaders struggle with because we are uh, assume many times that we have to always have the answers and always have it together. But the best experiences are the ones where we arrive together as a team. So it's okay to say, hey, here's my experience. Or say, hey, I want you to be a part of this experience. I use this example a lot with decision-making. So many times as leaders, we have to make decisions. And if you're honest with yourself, sometimes you make the decisions in isolation. You get into your desk, into your room, into your office, wherever you are and you ponder and think and create a plan, a process. And before you know it, you've come out, emerged from the the top of the mountain with your decision. Imagine if you shared that decision making experience with your team and maybe you still have the final say. But to show them how you made the decision, to show them the factors that you considered, guess what that gives? That gives buy-in. And when you get buy-in, you can pretty much get the things accomplished that you need. And guess what else you're doing? You're teaching a lesson. So look at how legacy works, even in just sharing experiences. So take time to get to know your staff. Take time to get to know the people that you lead because experiences matter, whether we realize it or not. If you don't believe me, think about this. Right now, how many of us use reviews? As a way to make a decision, especially in a place of uncertainty, whether it's looking at a job and we're on Glassdoor, whether it's looking on Yelp for a restaurant, whether it's Google reviews, we look at reviews because reviews are people's experience. And those experiences help us, especially in uncertainty, help us shape our minds or our decisions about whether or not we do business, whether or not we eat, whether or not we participate. And so if experiences are that important in how we make our decisions, what do you think the experiences that people are having with you are saying about you? Are you a five-star manager? Are you a one-star manager? What are the experiences saying? So I invite you and encourage you to think about the experiences that you are having with your team and identify if those experiences are pleasant ones. And the good news is if there's some work to do, guess what? You have the ability now to do the work. So always think about legacy in relation to experiences. The G stands for goals. And this is simple because we know that as leaders, most of us are in leadership positions because we have achieved some goals. Whether operational, whether uh, procedural, systematic, we have achieved goals. And probably one of your goals may have been to be in the leadership role you're in. So congratulations, we have achieved goals. But the question is, what goals have you had and helped others achieve? It's so good that you have made it to where you wanna be or that I've made it to where I wanna be. But if I have not helped other people achieve their goals, I am really not an effective leader and I'm really not leaving a legacy. I know that, that sounds really, really funny, but it's so very true. When we talk about legacy and we talk about being the leaders that impact change, We've got to remember that our agenda is not the only agenda. So let me dispel this rumor because people always frown at the word agenda, especially when we're talking in business purposes. But an agenda is nothing more than a plan organized by time. That's an agenda. Right. That's all it is. So if an agenda is just a plan, then it's okay for me to have an agenda. The challenge is when my agenda and my goals are the only thing that matter. Because when that happens, I find myself in a situation where I am no longer concerned about others. I'm only concerned about myself. And that's when an agenda can be negative. But honestly, I encourage you to have an agenda because an agenda is how you reach your goals. But make sure in your agenda that other people are included. That's the beauty of a goal. A goal is as big as you want it to be and as inclusive as you want it to be. And as a leader, if you want to leave a legacy, you always want to look into a goal or having a goal that truly, truly, truly encourages other people. So the best way to achieve your goals is to help others achieve theirs. That's the best way as a leader who wants to leave a legacy can do that. So I I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. If you want to achieve your goals, help others achieve their goals. And everybody that you come in contact with, especially if you're talking a traditional leadership situation, every single person, whether we acknowledge it or not, they truly do have goals. Everyone on your team has goals. And I wanna ask you, do you know what their goals are? Have you had an opportunity? I'll tell you, one of my my team members, her goal when we were working together was to finish her degree. And so I knew how important that was to her. I knew that finishing her degree was something that she wanted to do. And so what I did was I made a personal commitment to myself and her that I would support that goal and encourage her to the end. And so I was so proud when she stood that day and accepted her degree. And it wasn't because I, I knew what it felt like, I, I've I've been down that road before, but to see the pride that she had in accomplishing her goal, but more importantly, the pride that she had in me supporting her, and here's why I, I say that. So many times when we have goals, especially professional goals, we tell our family, we tell our friends, we tell the people we love, and guess what? They help us with the goals. But imagine how important it is. We spend so much time at work. Imagine how important it would be if your manager or your boss or your team member or your supervisor also got on board with your goal and also understood the importance of having goal setting and said, you know what? Not only is your family supporting you, but we're supporting you as well. The team is supporting you as well. That is what it means to help people achieve their goals. And so many times as leaders, it's not a lot of work that you have to do to help other people achieve their goals. It's just being supportive. It's just checking in periodically to see how is it going. It's just saying, hey, you know what? You need a little extra time. I understand. So I'm going to make some opportunities for you to do a little extra work in this area so that you can achieve this goal. So, hey, if you want to be a leader and you want to be in my position one day, let me develop you. Let me show you some strategies that I use so that you can achieve that goal. Let me allow you to lead a meeting. So rather than I lead the meeting this time, you lead the meeting so that you can gain the knowledge that you need in order to truly, truly have those goals. And so one of the things that I create in another acronym on how to help people achieve their goals is heart. And I'll give it to you, but I promise you we'll talk about it in another podcast. But heart stands for honesty encouragement, accessibility, relational, and trustworthy. That's really what it takes in order to achieve your goals. It takes honesty, it takes encouragement, it takes accessibility, it takes relationship, and it takes trustworthiness. So when we talk about helping others achieve their goals, the best thing that you can do as a leader is to provide the space for people to A, share their goals with you honestly, and B, find a way to help them achieve their goals. And listen, if that's not something you're really good at, here's a simple way to do it. Just ask them, hey, I know you want to do this. How can I support you in achieving that? And I can tell you and I can promise you, the more that you invest in your team and your staff and their goals, the more they're willing to help you achieve yours. So it's mutually beneficial. So you share your goals with me as my employee and I share my goals with you. And together we create joint goals where we both are getting the benefit that we want out of this relationship. So let's talk about the A. The A is abilities. I love this one because ability is all about the opportunity to do something. Great leaders always provide a space for people that they are managing, whether it's personally or professionally, to demonstrate what they can do. My daughters right now are in gymnastics and uh, both of them are are really good, pretty good gymnasts. Um, And it's funny because they are trying to perfect the back handspring right now, or I'm sorry, they're trying to perfect the the back, well, they're trying to get to a back handspring. So they're doing back walkovers now and they're doing um, back bends and kickovers. And so for a while, I've had to spot them or their, their teacher has had to spot them. I've been a gymnast, so I, I can do it. I'm qualified to spot them at home. So we got a mat, they do the back bend and they kick over. So I have my hand back there just in case they may fall or and they need a little extra push to get over, to kick over. But guess what's happening? The more and more I am putting my hand there, the more they're kicking over. So slowly I'm moving my hand, slowly I'm taking it away. And what has begun to happen is they're able to kick over on their own. Now, sometimes they get it right, sometimes they don't, but I'm able to now see that the efforts that I gave to help them and support them now, I'm able to move my hand back and they have the confidence and the ability to kick over. So all I've done is create now the opportunity. And listen, as leaders, that's super important. It is so great that you have the skills that you need to be a great leader. But if you are not developing any future leaders, you've done a disservice, not only to your company or to your community, but also to yourself. The best thing a leader can do is to create opportunities for others. It's giving back. And so I always ask leaders, what abilities have you drawn out of other people? And the only way that you can do that is to step back and allow leaders to emerge. Now, not everybody wants to be in a leadership role and we understand that, but there are some people who are right under our nose that we don't even know have the ability to do certain things. I'll tell you, um, one of my team members was a great speaker, really good speaker but never really a facilitator. And and there's a difference, let's be honest, there's a difference between someone who can just get up and be a great communicator and talk and someone who actually can facilitate a conversation and engage an audience. So when he came to me, he was a great speaker, orator out of this world. He could talk, 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 talk. And he was articulate, but the unfortunate part was he was not a facilitator, but he wanted to be a trainer. And so what I started doing was putting him in a situation where he could stand before a room and I would challenge him to engage the audience. So I would challenge him to find activities or opportunities or to ask open ended questions so that people would be engaged. And before you know it, he was one of our top facilitators in the organization to the point where everybody wanted to be in his class. And it wasn't because he did not have the skills. They just needed to be to be encouraged and honed and and developed in a way. So if you're not developing the people around you as a leader, you're not getting their best ability. And here's the honest truth. Some people who work under you or who work with you or who may be in a situation um, that's, that's subordinate to you, some of them have great potential, but they'll never even tell you about their potential because you're so busy being the leader. So, sometimes the leader is about recognizing the skills in other people and creating an environment and an opportunity where they can demonstrate their abilities. And it makes it so much better when they can do the work too and they can participate in how the organization or the team is developed because they too have abilities. And it's just like a body there's only one head, but there are two arms, there are two legs, and all of the parts of the body have a different function, just like your team. Everybody has a role and everybody has a function. And if one team member or one part of the body is not functional to its best ability, the entire body breaks down. That's legacy. If one part of your team is not executing or demonstrating their best ability, the entire team breaks down. So as a leader leaving legacy, you always want to encourage the best abilities out of your team. The C is character. This is one that is truly, truly, truly super important as a leader, because I ask leaders, when you're talking and leaving a legacy, what character did you display in front of the people that you are leading? And character is more than just who you show up as. Character, and this is from John Wooten, is the true test of a man's character is what he does when no one is watching. Or I even add a word, what he does when he thinks no one is watching. Because as leaders, people are always watching us. And because they're always watching us, we have a responsibility to make sure that we are demonstrating good character. And I don't define character for everyone. I can only tell you what Joy's definition of character is. And I look at it as pillars. So there are three pillars of Joy's life that that make up who I am and the essence of the character that I portray. And that is authenticity, integrity, and transparency. Authenticity, integrity, transparency. And actually, I'm going to add another, compassion. Because those are what make me Joy. So every day that I live my life, every day that I interact with people, whether it's my children, my husband, uh, my clients, corporate organizations, I want people to know me for authenticity, transparency, integrity and compassion. I want people to see that demonstrated in how I interact, in how I speak, in how I walk, in how I teach, in how I coach. It's super important that I show the character of who I am. Because at the end of the day, when all the titles are taken away and all the education is taken away, I am just joy. And you are just who you are. So it's important that you know who that is. It's important that you're in alignment with who you are, with whose you are, with the character that you have so that you are demonstrating that on a daily basis and your teams are a product of your character. Ooh, that's deep. My children are a product of my character. If I'm a shifty shady person, whether I intend to or not, I'm gonna raise shifty and shady children. If I'm a shifty and shady manager, whether I intend to or not, I'm gonna have a shifty and shady team. So character is truly the essence of who you are. And every person has character. Every team has character. Every relationship develops into some type of character. So when people are or are not watching you, what are you showing? What are you demonstrating? And if you don't like what you see, you have the ability to change it. It's not too late to to change your character um it's not too late to become something different or someone different if you see the product of what you're putting out and you don't like it you change it so that's what character is when you're talking about a legacy your character is what people remember when i i, I left my job back last year in may i've had an opportunity to stay in relationship with a lot of the people that i work with And just last week, I had an employee tell me, we miss you at this company. And to this day, people still talk about how they wish you were here. And let me tell you, I did good work. But I think what people remember most is just my character. That I was a person of integrity that I valued every single employee, that I never treated anyone like they were beneath me. Although I had a C in front of my name, C-suite chief and all of that, I truly never treated people like we weren't on the same team. I believe that all of us made the organization. And because I believed that, I treated people that way. And so when I'm gone or no longer there, that's something that people remember. And that to me speaks volumes bigger and greater than any other opportunity that I could create at that organization. Yes, I created some great processes. Yes, I created some great strategies, but the fact that I had good character and people remember that, that is what my legacy is all about. And then the why is yield. What results did your leadership yield? Let me tell you, none of this matters if we don't get to a bottom line. And so many times as leaders, we make the bottom line something quantitative. And that's, that's part of the organization, that's organizational. We have a responsibility, so we do have to make sure that quantitatively we're reaching a bottom line. But when we speak about legacy as leadership, it doesn't have to be quantitative. It can truly be qualitative. Or I say this, it can be a tangible result or an intangible result. It truly just depends on where you place your value. And so when you think about yield and you think about um, an investment, in order to get a yield, you have to invest. So sometimes we wonder why we're not getting the results we want as leaders. And I always ask leaders, well, what are you investing? And if you think about an investment, The yield is greater when you take a risk. So how much risk are you taking on the team that you have and the people that you're working with or even your family? So many times as leaders, we feel I'll do it myself because I can get it done. But if you're doing that, then you wonder why you don't have a super productive team. It's because you're not investing in your team and investments could be something as simple as an encouraging word. It could be something as simple as saying, I trust you and I'm going to let you do this. An investment can mean we're going to work on this project as a team. An investment could be I'm rolling up my sleeves and I'm getting involved with you because the more I invest, the more that I get in return. And if you want to have great yield, you've got to be willing to do the work. And listen, you're not going to be a leader forever. And so if you're not going to be a leader forever, you want to make sure that your impact returns the yield that you want to see for legacy. And if you lead with legacy in mind, listen, losing the title of leader does not mean that your influence is gone. So when you have yield and you're really yielding results, the results will even happen after you've left. It's like a ripple effect. When you put a pebble in the water, you see the immediate ripples, but you don't know how far those ripples will go. That's what yield is. Are you providing an investment in such a way that the return and the result is greater than you? Because good investments create good yield and the yield is greater than you. So if your team is productive, if people enjoy working with you, and for you, if people enjoy coming to work, that's the results and the yield that you want. So the true future of a leader is not about yourself. It's not about where you are, it's not about what you're doing, but true leaders lead for the future. So what do you want to see in the future? That's the investment that you have to put in with the yield. And so many times we compare results to yield and we say, you know, the result equals the yield. And that's true. But you have to make sure that you're depositing appropriately to yield the results that you expect. We used to always say a word. You have to inspect what you expect. So that means you gotta be willing to put in the work to get the results that you wanna see. You've got to do that. And as a leader, when you look at your yield, what is the product that's finished? Sometimes it's gonna be a physical product. Sometimes it's gonna be morale. Sometimes it's gonna be a happy place to work. So I want you to think about that. And I want you to ask yourself these three questions when we talk about yield. Since you started in this field or in your position, What's been the outcome? Are the people better because they've met you? And have you invested in such a way to yield a good return? Those are the three things that you wanna look at when we talk about yield. So listen, legacy is all about what's important for leaders. Now, not everybody may subscribe to this theory, but I will tell you that legacy is how great leaders leave their mark. It's how great leaders are made. And instead of thinking about yourself in the right now and where you are and what you're offering to the world today, think about what you want to leave for the future. Because friends, that's truly what leadership is all about. I am so glad you joined me for the first episode of the Leadership Lunch Break podcast. I invite you to continue to follow us so that you can find so much information out about the Leadership Lunch Break and the Leadership Lunch Break podcast. We're gonna talk about some great topics and this is just the beginning. So have a wonderful, wonderful Legacy Leadership Day. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Lunch Break podcast with Joy Jackson of Speaking of Joy. We invite you to follow us at Speaking of Joy on all social media platforms or visit our website at www.speakingofjoy.com. That's speaking of J-O-Y-E. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on all podcast platforms for upcoming episodes. Until next time.